0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, April 27th. Don't know why I said it like that. My name is Javier Reyes, as always, your host of this year's Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapino.com. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there, as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com, with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show, or just to say hello. That's always cool, too, because we all need companionship during this time. And speaking of companionship, today you guys are going to be listening to part two of my conversation with Kevin Acey. We get into kind of the his thoughts on 2019 as a whole and what were the 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 kind of a briefing I guess the the synopsis I should say actually of the team and kind of what went down in 2019 as well as some of his favorite moments I know I got into some of my favorite moments as well and then we looked to the future and we talked about just kind of the sense of hope for the Padres and what the roster's looking like how the plan might be coming to fruition why it might not be coming to fruition assuming you know we still get baseball this year and, yeah, guys, so stay tuned for that. I'm hoping you enjoy it. I know I really did, and shouts to Kevin once again. So without further ado, let's go! That being said, we talked about favorite players and all-time players and whatnot, but now I want to talk to you about, just in general, We you touched on it a little bit before with uh, the kind of the new core four, per se, the new up-and-comers for the Padres right now. And I just want to talk about, in general, the 2019 season. Firstly, what would you say is like a quick summary, uh, a summa, summary, summation of the season?
1: For the first time in almost a decade, there was real hope, real sustained hope based on there being a core of players. Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Chris Paddock, Eric Hosmer. Um, now you could argue that in 2015, after, you know, AJ Preller did that big spree that there was, but that, Man, that that got deflated cool quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. This team was, I think, they won the final three games of a four-game series going into the All-Star break to get back to 500, and they were two and a half games out of the wild card at the All-Star break. Uh, there was no question. You can go back and read what I wrote. You can go back and listen to me on podcasts and radio interviews. I said it was not going to last. Anybody who followed the team uh, rationally and objectively knew that it was not going to last, but they spent more days above 500 than they did below 500 in the first half of the season. As a matter of fact, many more days, and then a lot of days at 500. That is something that – it was pretty stark. Uh, That is something that uh, the Padres had not done in a long time. matter of fact – and I'm going to go back because this is just the kind of uh, geek that I am. I get lost in these rabbit holes. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't look this up. I'm thinking they spent more days at or above 500 in the first half of the 2019 season than they did in all of the previous eight seasons combined. Now, maybe not because of that 2015 season where they sort of hovered around there. But that's incredible. And if it's even close, which I guarantee you it is, that speaks to how horrible the Padres have been. Uh, So there was (laughs) real hope. And then it almost made it worse when they just blew up. And I think an underrated part of that, Fran Mill Reyes, was traded. Now, the Padres knew that was going to be a big blow, not just to the offense, but to the chemistry, to the atmosphere. We talk about clubhouse chemistry, but there's dugout chemistry as well. And mm-hmm. Fran Mill Reyes, along with Fernando Tatis Jr., and surprise, surprise, Ian Kinsler, were a big part of that Uh, you know, chemistry and that in-game, that the chatter and the kind of stuff that does keep a team uh, loose and does help a team win close games, you know, over the long haul. And Fran Reyes was traded. Now that they knew that was going to be a short-term hit, and and that they uh, were looking to get uh, Taylor Trammell, uh, you know, from the Reds, uh, and it, they knew that long-term, Fran Reyes was not going to be a right fielder in Major League Baseball. He's a designated hitter who can play right field. while there's no DH in the National League, so I'm not talking mm-hmm. about that being. That was a hit to the 2019 season, even if you believe, as I do, that, that it was the right move. The losing meal mm-hmm. was big losing Tatis having him only for 84 games and then losing him in the middle of August at the same time so that's two weeks after Von Mills gone and at the same time that Ian Kinsler injured his neck and was you know Ian Kinsler wasn't playing much but he was in that dugout and he was in that clubhouse and then he was no longer around the team from the middle of August on Um, and that they just spiraled and it got ugly and because of that hope in the first half it was it, it hit it hit players, it hit coaches, it hit the manager, it hit owners, it hit fans harder than the usual, you know, uh, 70 and 92 season for the Padres. This one felt worse in the end because they were a better team than that. They were not a playoff team, but they were a better team. Now, I realized because of all my tangents, I didn't just give you a quick summation. I intended to <laughs> when I started, and then I gave you a longer quick summation.
0: <laughs> and longer quick summations are absolutely welcome on the Locked Up Padres podcast. I, I go on them all the time and pr- probably ill-advisedly so I sometimes do them but I think you you raise a good point where I've been talking about and some people might might get annoyed where they're like oh well you don't know like you haven't been with the team as, as much you haven't been following them as much but from my perspective I think it really is this team that what's funny about the Padres last season is they had like a bottom eight record uh, 70 wins last season and It's you look at that roster, but it doesn't feel like and then you you take into account the the farm system and up and coming players. And this isn't a team that even though they had a poor record, there's not this sense of doom and gloom, at least for me, because there's this it's not over. You don't have old guys on big contracts or you don't have, you know, like in basketball when you have a team. With just with just one superstar but you're not going anywhere. This is a team with with Manny Machado. they had the Fernando Tatis kind of spectacular the, the, the every everything about him and then he gets hurt and then you have the Fran Mi Reyes trade and you have just it feels like all of these things kind of go the wrong way and Chris Paddock is is kind of on an innings limit and I believe De Nelson Lamette was injured at the beginning of this year, the last season if I'm not mistaken. So you have that on top of it. There's just a lot that went wrong, and when you take that into account and you kind of look at what they still have, it just feels like the season that, despite how bad they were, it's not like it was as brutal of a bad season as other teams could have. You know, there are other teams like the, the Indians a couple years ago when they have poor seasons. It feels more, it feels more lasting. It feels more like this could be it, like the Orioles and the the Blue Jays to use some more American League East teams
1: yes a lot of it has to do with the farm system but a lot of mm-hmm. it has to do with that it. it was young players um and you're, you're you're right now i always try to be understanding uh of the long time padres fan and i grew up here um mm-hmm. so i do remember this long long period basically my whole life they came into existence a year before i did um so of expecting the worst and being mm-hmm. frustrated and being told that, oh, this year could be the year. Uh, so, that what happens is then, no matter what the reasons for the struggles now are, to a lot of fans, 70 wins in 2019 looks the same as 70 wins, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, and, you know, that is understandable as well. But the mm-hmm. fact is, for the reasons that you mentioned and many more, this is different, uh, or at least, we should say this: It feels different, and it has the potential to be different because mm-hmm. of the plan. And here's why: To a lot of fans, even longtime fans, this this struggling period has not been so just uh, incredibly, insanely frustrating, is because the team did elucidate very clearly what they were doing, building from. bottom up. And that was really smart of them. Now, once we're done talking about 2019, we have to realize it's 2020. And whether there's a 2020 season or the next season is 2021, um, (laughs) time is running out on the plan. And the plan Mm -hmm. has to start showing some, you know, results.
0: What would you say in terms of just the the season? It's funny, just to, to quickly backtrack, when I first started paying attention to the Padres, it was kind of that that aforementioned 2015 season because you know I'm looking for a new team to try and get into and I remember just seeing the Padres are trading like for all of these players and just as someone who didn't pay attention to the team even I knew this doesn't feel like a Padres thing this isn't something that they necessarily do they don't trade for Matt Kemp and Justin Upton and Craig Kimbrell they don't they don't have all these these uh these giant and Matt Kemp too is another one where it's just Oh my gosh! Like they're really just kind of going for it, and there's something admirable about it, and I kind of liked it. There's something frisky about it. And then you you fast forward to now, and despite those those trades, and kind of in a way, some people would argue that set them back. And you know, you gave up some prospects. I, if I'm not mistaken, maybe James Shields was part of. I forgot which was the trade Turner trade that um, that happened. Which player they they acquired for the for Will Myers? Okay, Will Myers. And you know that doesn't age as well. But then you look at it, it's kind of they they reloaded. semi-quickly in in the grand scheme of things, I think, especially for an organization like them. But with with that being said, what do you think are some, if you had to boil it down to like a few moments of the 2019 season that you thought were highlights in an otherwise kind of a little bit of a downer of a season, what would those be? Gosh, I
1: could pick a number of Chris Paddock starts. Uh, The Chris (laughs) Paddock, uh, was it 11 strikeouts, uh, two hits, seven uh, two thirds innings I think it was, uh on what I think was May second against the Mets. Uh maybe it was May fifth. Eh, doesn't really matter. Uh but that was an incredible an electric and, and performance in part because Chris had predicted it. Um and, and that that's what a special mm-hmm. player does. Uh so mm-hmm. that was huge. Uh Chris uh, Fernando Tatis coming back in the series that he had against the Nationals and actually you know, Tear that he went on for the rest of the season, you know. Uh, Tatis, I think it was three times went more than one game without a hit. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's a level right there. Now it was only 84 games, but you know what? That's more than a half a season. There's um, many, many. I mean, I think of you know one of the great uh, plays uh, that never really counted and you know, doesn't show up in a box score against the Braves when uh, he got in a rundown and eluded the tag mm-hmm. and you, you've seen the, the highlight over and over where he matrixed uh, uh, away from uh, the pitcher covering at that point uh, after this uh, long rundown. That was incredible. Gosh, Manny Machado, uh, Hunter Renfro's grand slam off Kenley Jansen against the yep. Dodgers. Uh, and, and, you know, th- I think Manny Machado had a grand slam and like a real long homerless streak, or it was it was something like that. Uh, not not a lot of things that because in the end, it, what sticks with you is the fact that they cratered, including their best players. You know, Eric Hosmer was having a fine season until uh, the last two months. Manny Machado over the last two months, uh, but to that mm-hmm. point, he was everything they uh, paid for and more. Uh, those those end up kind of sticking with you, and, you know, you are what your numbers say you are at the end. Um, Kirby Yates uh, had, a, yeah. had a number of, uh, you know, just clutch. That guy is just so uh, consistently clutch. Um, I would say their, their friend, Reyes a uh, uh, home run. It wasn't a walk-off because they were on the, the road, but uh, it was, uh, what, the ninth inning against the Giants was in April when the Padres were winning all these uh, improbable uh, one and two run, uh, you know, victories. And, and ultimately, actually, that ended up costing them. And that was another thing that you knew was going to happen. is They were having to use their bullpen way too much to win these games and get to whatever it was, four games above 500 uh, in April. Uh, and so, uh, but, but there was just also a lot of clutch performances that showed you what some of these young pitchers uh, could be. And, and and what some of the young hitters as well. Uh, I think that's uh, you know off the top of my head. I think that, mm-hmm. that that's about it.
0: And and those are great ones. I I have had down the the Hunter Renfro uh, walk off home run. I like just seeing how Hunter Renfro a little bit flawed some would say in terms of just being this this power guy that can't get on base as much. But it was I remember the Rockies game the the comeback they had last year and the oh, home oh, runs yeah. I was looking at. And the, I remember looking at the home runs again and they would, I was like, this is the best player I've ever seen in my, if you look at the way he, the, the crack of the bat, like I know we're getting into super like uh, nerdy type of technical baseball language, but the crack of the bat, when he hits some of those home runs, you're like, this is the best player I've ever seen in my life. Like it's those type of hits that make you go, oh my God, this guy is is, is Hank Aaron reincarnated, right? Well, another thing for himself. me, yeah, very strong for sure. Um, Another thing for me would be, the personality of the team in general. Uh, you mentioned with Chris Paddock and the predictions, and with with Kirby Yates and the clutchness. It felt like there was, despite it being a, a losing team, and I, I think I mentioned this once before. They were, they were this this good bad, and I use this term to describe movies sometimes that are that are lovably bad. Sometimes the Padres, despite the record and despite kind of that last two months skid for a lot of their their star players and Fernando Tatis missing a lot of the season. There was energy, though, and it, it felt like it was still fun to see them, you know, have Tatis, the sliding thing and just this lightning bolt of energy with a team that you wouldn't think would have that, considering how much that they weren't winning in the grand scheme of things. And then the last thing would be was when I advised against my friend for trading for Chris Paddock. Oh, wait, no, wait, no, that was a low light, actually. I stupidly <laughs> told my friend uh, not to trade for Chris Paddock in fantasy baseball. I don't know why I did that. Uh, I guess I was a little bit of a cynic, which... Hey, look, even I could be a cynic sometimes, despite how much hope I have in the team. Oh yeah, everybody, just a quick second, I'm talking to you now in my transition weird voice, I don't know, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about Postmates. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now, because I can get food delivered without leaving my house. Or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries, so now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up, you guys need to be supporting your neighborhood right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS, Android... Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100. $100 for delivery or free delivery credit, I should say, for your first seven days when you first download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Now... Moving forward, I, I think that unless you have any final thoughts, really, on the 2019 Padres, what do you think yeah. is kind of your perspective outlook, assuming we're, we're having a season, right? Let's just put that to the side for a second on the 2020 season and what Padres fans should be looking forward to, what you're looking forward to, uh, maybe some underrated storylines people aren't talking about. Uh, what is kind of your perspective on that?
1: yeah i haven't allowed myself to go there because I, I, we all had reached that point with uh, a couple weeks ago before the season uh we're super excited about all those things and we're really uh, looking forward to seeing what tommy fam uh, did in left field and of course uh, more, more so uh, at the plate and uh, his ability to get on base which is what this team is lacked so desperately what was that uh, fernando tatis uh, the second season that in some ways can be the toughest um, I, I think he has a lot of uh, traits and attributes that, that could allow him to, to avoid a sophomore slump. Uh, and the same with Chris Paddock. Uh, that's just, you know, for whatever else uh, it takes to win, talent is, is number one. And, and those two guys are potential superstars. Uh, looking to see Manny Machado and, 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 and his bounce back. Uh, I think that uh, people maybe don't understand Uh, He just gets lost. He's he's just got so much uh, swagger, and he's just uh, that's so important to him. As a matter of fact, to have that swagger, and and he's just so you know purposely laid back on the field. He's got a lot of pride, and he was embarrassed Mm -hmm. by last season. Uh, So 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 that was uh, big. Uh, The bullpen's depth was uh, potentially incredible. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Very rare. Uh, Now a bullpen is also your most tenuous position because it's weird doing well and doing poorly can be contagious in a bullpen and, and, and dominoes fall and one bad uh, outing leads to, you know, too many guys having to pitch and then they're tired and then they pitch bad, and then other guys pitch bad and then it goes on for two weeks and then the bullpen gets all well together. It's, it's, it's weird how that works. So it's always scary when, you know, the bullpen is the strength of your team. I do think that they're starting pitching was, potentially underrated um, and i use that word potential uh in, in spring to cover myself but to be realistic and let people know that you know not predicting in baseball is the most foolhardy uh thing to do way more than in, in virtually any other sport it's just not nowhere near as predictable but chris paddock to nelson labette garrett richards these guys are you know Potential top of the rotation guys. Garrett Richards has been there before, and you know looked really good in the in the the spring. Uh, so and Jack Davies, man, is a guy pitching in a tough division uh, for pitchers uh, in the NL Central, and he had a really strong spring. It, that guy was a really good number four, and you had Cal Quantrill and or Joey Lucchese. Um, so I thought the starting pitcher pitching by by no means did it have your surefire fire one, two, three guys that may be a you know what you would love to have, right? The the ideal World Series uh, or postseason uh team, but it had the potential to be a bunch of guys who could give you one fifty plus and you know carry you to a really strong uh bullpen in the latter two, three, even four innings. I thought that the pitching staff uh, could really, really have been. It was going to be tough, I thought, to score runs against the Padres. Still, a major question was their offense. Because why? Well, it just has been for a long time. Uh, Mm And, you know, I don't know that Tommy Pham and Trent Grisham were enough to to put them into the uh, upper half uh, offensively. Uh, Maybe, but I I just think that Mm -hmm. really, really remained to be seen.
0: Uh, but I think that that you, you really nail it where it's there's just that prospect of maybe and for me mm-hmm. talking about the team heading into before the shutdown happened, my thoughts were 70 wins. And they only base, I mean, aside from maybe some concerns with the the outfield and maybe not having a true center fielder. Right. But you get Trent Grisham. You have Tommy Pham, who's a really underrated, I think, uh, outfielder in the game. You make some some acquisitions late into the offseason with Amelia Pagan. You sign Garrett Richards and even or um, I'm sorry. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Drew Pomeranz for the bullpen and, and and Garrett Richards, too, who it's there's this thing where it's like, well, and, I, and I, I say this, of course, crossing fingers and not trying to jinx anything. Um, but you're like, it, how could it possibly, like, it could get better. Like, things should get better. You would think it that. It should and get that's, better. Mm-hmm. And that's not even taking into Here's account the, the the farm system.
1: Here's the difference. It used to be that you were like, man, if Will Venable and Kristen Norfia uh, can, you know, <laughs> and Jed Jerko, right? If those guys play to their potential, this team could contend. Well, mm-hmm. Okay, nothing against those guys. As a matter of fact, if you're a long time Padres fan, you came to cherish Will Venable and you came to cherish Chris Denorfia, but <laughs> those are not those are championship pieces on your bench. Those are right. not starting players on a championship team. The mm-hmm. difference now is when you're with the ifs that are involved with the Padres, you're talking about some premier talents. You mm-hmm. know, if Chris Paddock, if Fernando Tatis, if Tommy Pham You're talking about some real players, and that Mm -hmm. is a big difference between Padres teams of the past and the ones that they're putting on the field now.
0: It's just this, there's this hope, man, and that's really the word that I use to describe the team in general. And, you know, we don't have, we don't know what's going to happen with the season right now, but there's this, like you said uh, earlier, like there's this feeling that the plan is all, you know, love it when a plan comes together and everything seems Mm. to be coming to fruition and... While I think that most fans and most experts wouldn't say that they were going to immediately compete for a World Series or even immediately compete with the, the blockbuster Dodgers who decided to acquire Mookie Betts and make things even harder for, for uh, the team to con- contend against. I certainly think that in general, the team definitely has this, this vision and this kind of, yeah, these are real players. And like you said, no offense to the other guys, but these are guys who it, it, it's game time. You know, it feels like this is it. We're we're putting together a team here, and we're putting together something special.
1: Yeah, at least it was uh, on awesome and it was no longer laughable. I mean, you mm-hmm. basically had to catch lightning in a bottle for virtually every year of the Padres' existence. Five postseason appearances, and three of those were uh, in in the uh, three of those were in the, the Jack Murphy era, too, in the Petco Park era, and. You know, two World Series appearances. They won one World Series game. Uh, it, you know, 1998 was the last time they went to the World Series. 2006, was the last time they went to the playoffs. Yeah, not good.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's it reminds me in some ways of the, the the Chargers, who are one of my have always been one of my favorite football teams. And just this this team that every year it kind of they kind of let you down in a lot of ways, but they they. This, this Padres team reminds me of some of the the Chargers teams of late where it's just like, well, the talent is there. We don't have to hope for uh, the explosion of th- some random guy, like, uh, no no offense to a random guy, but say Frankie Cordero or Francisco Mejia, mm-hmm. players that, you know, I, I think Francisco Mejia could be interesting heading into the season, but you don't have to hope for these guys that there hasn't been evidence beforehand. You know what I'm saying? It's, what? there. There's evidence before for these guys that, they could put it together, and if they do, on the surface, and that always, that doesn't always happen on paper for the Padres, they could be something great.
1: True, very true. There's uh, there's some real talent now. They need more, but there's there's some real talent now. Talent they haven't had before.
0: Absolutely. Um, Kevin, with all that being said, I think that I'm going to let you go now. I think we talked kind of uh for a longer time than I anticipated, actually. Uh I hope you had a fun time on the show though, and I, I know I certainly did. And hopefully everything goes well with you and hopefully we get some baseball soon.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me and uh talk to you about the Padres down the road.
0: Absolutely. Take care. Take care. Baba doodaboosh, everybody. That is it. I don't know why I've been doing these random strange sounds for my transition noises today. I need to just go and get a damn transition sound effect like every other regular podcaster does. I'm gonna do that like within the next two days, actually. So this might be the last time, unless you guys enjoy my little uh, strange sound effects because I know I kind of enjoy doing them. But anyway, that is it for today's episode, guys. That is it for my conversation with Kevin Ac. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, in terms of what's going on for the rest of the week, uh, still got another part. We got part two of the movie madness bracket coming out. I I think either Thursday or Friday. I'll have to get back to you guys on that one. And I think I'm going to do... I thought it'd be fun to talk about Padres' first-round picks over the last decade. I don't know. Just thought that would be a fun change-up just to do a little bit of a retrospective on how we'll have the Padres drafted. Um, Along with my... This is kind of since I've been... Not going to lie, guys. I've been kind of slacking on doing an overview of AJ Preller, really. I've been planning to do a podcast just focusing on that. Maybe I feel like I'm waiting for the right person now. That's kind of what I feel like I'm why I've been slacking on it. But, yeah, so that might happen this week, along with the sports movie Madness Part 2 and Thursday or Friday. So that's the episodes for this week. Um, And that's it, guys. That is it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you got your podcast from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, whatever, the Overcast app, which I use constantly. Follow the show or myself on Twitter at Javapeno for my personal account and at LO underscore Padres for the show account. And if you guys would do me a favor and tell your smart devices to play Locked On MLB, it's hosted by my man Sully, and he is killing it, delivering all these retrospectives and the what-if scenarios and kind of looking at back at the year. He's, he's just killing it. I listen to that podcast every day. It's awesome. Um, but until next time, stay safe, guys. And, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.